Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm joined by Eva Gush. And we are going to be delving into the topic of resilience today and and really looking at why it is so important, especially given our current context. But Eva, before we begin, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a brief introduction about who you are, where you've come from, Mm -hmm. and essentially what really qualifies you to speak on the topic of resilience. Thank you, Kieran, and hello to everyone, and great to be here today. I am a mother of 17-year-old twin daughters. Uh, who are absolutely delightful. I live in Johannesburg, have lived in Johannesburg for many years. I am a single parent. My husband, unfortunately, died 10 years ago after one year battle with, with leukemia. And that was really where my kind of journey with the concept of resilience started. It was a word that I didn't really pay much attention to or a concept that I didn't pay much attention to before. I think what, what happened in that time when my husband was ill and when he died is I really learned about this concept of resilience and how it can help me get through this really difficult time and move forward. So that's just a bit of background on where I the whole concept of resilience kind of came into my life. Professionally, I kind of a, a human resources person. I, I, I worked in human resources in the people kind of space for just over 20 years in, in, in corporates, in various corporates in South Africa, mainly investment banks, pretty hardcore kind of environments. Two and a half years ago, I left the corporate environment and I started working as a freelance executive and career coach. And I also do talent and leadership development consulting for, for various clients and companies. So that's me. Thank you, Eva. So tell us, Why is resilience so important given our current context? Pandemic that we are in has has meant that we are all actually almost participants in like a real-time experiment. We are all, we have all been tested. How do we operate and how do we continue in in the face of extreme and abrupt changes? If you think of how the, the, the pandemic started and how it has developed of how we thought it would be in the beginning and 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 what it's like now and really if you look at the far-reaching impacts of adversity that many people have experienced whether that be individually within organizations it's kind of prevalent throughout the system that we operate in i think it's just yeah the, the the pandemic is just i mean it's like a it's a live real world case study of human resilience and how to get through this time that's that's what I would say in terms of the uh, the, the, Excellent. the relevance. Excellent. And can you share with us some examples of organisations that are focused on building resilience? And what has been the difference or the outcome? You know, and how have they gone about that? So there are quite a few organisations, and so the organisations that I'm going to talk about are um, not organisations that I've worked with directly, but that are publicised quite a lot in the last eighteen months about things that they have done to focus on building resilience within their organizations. And a couple of the companies that might be relevant and that people would know uh, would include Workday, which is a large um, 
was like a SAP kind of um, Facebook software kind of house. Uh, very, very big internationally. Shell, uh, Airbnb, Google, Hilton. Um, and then there's also, there's a company called Southwestern Energy, which is a um, top producer of natural gas in, in the States, which has done a really, really amazing uh, job of building a resilient culture at scale, kind of very fast. So they did it. Um, they did it within a very short period of time. They were they managed to implement these kind of the skills that that were being taught at scale within the organisation, and and I'll, I'll talk about that now. But I think that's really something where the importance of within an organisational context that. If you if you do undertake an initiative, that one can undertake it at scale, and that it really reaches everyone in the organisation, that that is key because otherwise it it just happens in 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 kind of pockets, and 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 that doesn't really create sustainable behavioural change. What this company did, Southwestern Energy, so they are a US oil and energy company with about a thousand employees. And they, and this was actually pre-COVID, but they decided that they had to make some real change in focus of their business because of a shifting marketplace in the external environment, which happens all the time with all organizations that things change. They were finding that the marketplace was significantly shifting and there was a huge amount of uncertainty in the organization. People felt sense of, of loss of control increased stress, anxiety, am I going to be retrenched? Am I going to lose my job? What are the implications of this, this massive change and restructuring that is happening? They just, the, the, the leadership and the CEO of the organization in particular realized that, that employees were stressed. People were feeling really, really stressed. Their energy levels were low and it was, it was impacting their performance and their productivity. So what they did is they designed and with with a with an external consultant they designed facilitated and implemented a kind of a two track resilience process the two tracks that they focused on the one was around leading change the, the second one was around building a culture of resilience firstly how do we embrace the change and lead the change and secondly how do we then build the culture of resilience can tell you a bit more about the you know the actual intervention and what they did but i think w- what is really really important here the, the thing that i mentioned up front is that they implemented it at scale implemented accountability partners and accountability sessions follow up sessions accountability sessions so it wasn't just this kind of one-sided training input that was given it was actually a partnership and people were held accountable have you have you done this? Have you done this? How are you doing? How have you implemented this, et cetera, et cetera? So I think that was really one of the big things that that made the the, the, the huge impact is that it wasn't just a one-sided kind of an at the top kind of intervention. It was came from the top, but it was scaled throughout the business. And then there were these accountability touch points throughout the process that ensured, that the, the the skills that were being taught actually stuck and that those things were being implemented. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with any change or any significant change project that you're trying to to drive, that that role of accountability and how we keep each other accountable is really critical. But even more so, you know, in, in virtual or hybrid environments, I think that 
that role that accountability is going to play in driving transformation or you know build, helping to build uh, resilience or shift cultures to becoming more resilient is is really key mm-hmm. so thank mm-hmm. you for that and based on that so how would you recommend that organizations actually go about developing resilience mm-hmm. I, I would say a couple of things uh, that is really really important the first thing is is around promoting well-being at all levels so realizing that the importance of well-being is whether it's you know the executive leadership team or whether it's um, a pool of PAs or a or a group of graduates team of graduates or whatever that well-being concept needs to permeate at all levels of the organization and and the best and most effective is it has to be driven from the top. So really for the leaders to embrace and to say what can we do to instill a culture of well-being for everyone within the organization and, and looking at a holistic approach. So looking at, at emotional support, social support, the various aspects of support. People people need different things, but but really looking at it holistically throughout the organization. That's that's the first thing I would say. The second thing, um, and it ties into what I just said with regards to leaders, that this needs to be driven by by the leaders. Fostering a culture of resilience through leaders so that leaders really, how do leaders show up? How do they show up and how do they show and and express resilience? Because when you have the culture, um, when you have a culture of leaders expressing vulnerabilities and their resilience and how they cope with things, it's a huge inspiration for, for other people within the organization to kind of take a lead from that. And it is proven that with higher resilience within uh, teams and organizations, people perform better, burnout is reduced. If one really looks at cultivating resilient leaders on the front lines, right right at, at, at the top, create like almost like a tipping point for change because it's it's just so powerful. Yeah. The leader's behavior is, is powerful. So that's the second thing, the culture of resilience through your leaders. The third thing is modeling after looking at profiles of high resilience and and kind of modeling after that. Looking at what are the characteristics that resilient people display, really investigating those and displaying those, modeling them again at at the leadership level, modeling them, encouraging them, boosting them. That's the the third point. The fourth point is around making this change personal, making change personal, making the personalizing the the situation that we are in. It is proven that for for when when individuals feel they are being looked at personally, this is personal. It's not just um, for the greater good. It it actually is highly motivating and inspiring again for people to go along with the change. So so really looking at at individualized kind of programs and plans and that you would really get from from data and because it's something sometimes people ask well, how do you how do you actually find out how resilient is an organization well the best way of doing it is to actually measure it but then to take the data that you get out of that measurement and to individualize and make the, the change personal for people and then i would say just yeah, just kind of taking resilience out of the kind of that it's a mystery or it's something unknown, and and really grappling with it. So really looking at addressing where is the organisation now from a resilience perspective, and and again as I said in in the previous point, 
it, it has to be measured. It, it doesn't help, you know, just to get anecdotal kind of information. It needs to be measured. Talking about it, being verbal about the fact, okay, this is where we're at now. Obviously, context, et cetera, et cetera. This is what we're going to do to, to support the organization. And then six months' time, 12 months' time, looking at where we are. But really talking about it, bringing it into our everyday kind of language. What, what is this thing, resilience, and what can we do to build it within the organization? So, so those would be the five things that I would say, from a macro perspective, would be helpful for, for organizations to embrace, to, to actually drive resilience. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And I think, I think what you're saying is we need to as a team or as an organization, define what resilience looks like. And I know, you know, one of the most common definitions is that bounce back. But, yes. you know, what does it mean to bounce back in the context of that team? What are, you know, how, what are the behaviors we will, you know, contract to, to display or to hold each other to account for? And what would that, you know, what would that look like? Resilience also doesn't mean, you know, band-aiding or plastering a smile on your face, even when you're having a bad day. It's also about learning to, to be a little bit vulnerable about that and you know acknowledge the range of emotions you might be feeling at a particular point in time so i think we've got to be really specific about what it looks like yes absolutely and i think something that you've just mentioned there karen about the vulnerability to express a full range of emotions is 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 so key with within resilience resilience is not about always just being strong bouncing back etc cetera, etc cetera. it is about expressing the full range of emotions and and not you know reaching out to kind of quick fix and aid solutions but sometimes actually sitting with feelings that and emotions that are maybe not so positive and the feelings of anxiety, feelings of uncertainty, having the ability to sit with those feelings, accepting that that's, that's part of the, the range of, of emotions within the current environment. And that's okay. And we, we, we sit with those feelings, we feel them, uh, and, and, and then we move forward again. So yes, it's, it's the ability to bounce back, but also to to be human and 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 to to experience the full range of emotions. And Eva, so I know at the beginning of the of this podcast, you you mentioned you know some of the the life events that you have been through and and how how they led you on this path to really exploring resilience. Would you share with us really you know some of the the techniques that you use to keep your own resilience levels up? Yes, absolutely, with absolute pleasure. I think one of the, the the biggest things that I learned is to be very intentional about scheduling certain things into my day-to-day -day schedule that will build my resilience. And so for me personally, for example, that means, and you know, this is also something when one does the, one does a bit of training on, on resilience skills and so on, different things work for different people. But, but for me personally, to have every day some quiet time, the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, to have some exercise time, to eat well, to sleep well, those are, and, and to express my emotions. And often the expressing of emotions, the way I, I do that is I write in a journal. I, I find the journaling an extremely, um, and it's a proven, uh, very effective therapeutic kind of way to uh, release emotions. So those are those are the things that I do on a daily basis. And, and, and what I have found is 
when I do those things on a daily basis, whether I'm going through a stressful time or a calm time, whether I'm uh, working on deadlines or, uh, you know, I'm on, on holiday or whatever, if I do these kind of five things consistently on a daily basis, it, it, it builds up my reservoirs. When, when I am having a bad day or when it is a particularly stressful time, I can just move through those t- times much easier than before because, because it's become a habit. These little things that I've put in place, these five practices in the daily schedule, have they, they are habits. And so I do them irrespective of, of the environment or the context or yeah, whether it's raining or not. So, um, so that's that. That's what I've done personally. As I said, been very intentional about it, and and do these things on a daily basis. Fantastic, and I think that's important. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's not about it's not about not having that bad day or not feeling, you know, the the, the bad emotion or the sad emotion. It's mm. it's just around moving through that state a lot a lot yes. quicker. Yes, and I think that is, you know. One of the things is how do rec- how do people actually recognize when their resilience levels are low? And one of those things for me is you know when you when you're kind of stuck in that mood and it's become almost pervasive, you know mm. that would be one of the trigger signs. But but what else? You know how else do you recognize when those resilience levels are low? And mm. then what is a you know almost a a quick strategy that they could employ to to really start moving themselves out of that state? When do you know when you need to probably look for for help. Mm-hmm. So, so I think something that you've mentioned there around triggers, um, what could be some of the triggers and the awareness. Awareness. So, okay, so there are certain triggers that are going to set off certain emotions, certain reactions, and then the, the awareness around that. The, the second part of your question, when do you seek help? I, I'll get onto that now, but I think as a starting point around the triggers, Triggers very different for different people, um, and that's really something where self-awareness comes in extremely handy to know yourself and to know when you are feeling stressed and when you are feeling low. What kind of brings that on? Is it is it um, extreme tiredness? Is it agitation? Is it uh, deadlines that are that are just not coping with the deadlines? Is it interpersonal relationships, uh, interpersonal relationship issues? What are those those things that trigger a potential down cycle? I think the, the awareness around that is extremely, extremely important. And when that happens, when that trigger happens, and when that kind of, okay, uh, trigger has been triggered, and now I'm kind of moving into this, to actually um, to, to stop to, to almost um, intentionally pause and to take some time out. So to be very aware of when things are happening that could cause a downward spiral and to take time out. Move away from your computer, go walk outside, go write in your journal, but take time out and take time out to pause, to reflect, to slow down. That... Uh, I, I have found is one of the most effective strategies in, in terms of just um, recognizing and, and, and stopping the, the downward spiral. And once yeah. you've had that, that bit of time out and you've, you've been able to clear your mind and, and, you know, whether also if you can do some deep breathing or some meditation or, as I said, journaling to get your mind off the matter uh, and then come back, that generally is, is extremely effective. 
Absolutely, and, and really critical to to the reframing process. Yes, and and I think uh, Kieran, what what you what you asked as a, as a second point. So so when do you know you know when when should you ask for help or reach out for help or seek help? And and I, I think that's really when your own practices that you've put in place when when those things are not are, are not working, and 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 when you feel that the the downward spiral is just going more more downward more downward that that really is the point to to then say you know i've i've done these things that i know should help me etc cetera, etc cetera, but they're not helping me uh right now i'm going downhill i need to put up my hand and ask for some help and i think that help is also not always in the form of you know i think people immediately think you know medication or or, oh, no. sessions yeah. with the psychologist etc but it yeah. can be as simple as a, a coaching relationship um as Absolutely. well that that really comes into play or or even through you know that mentorship or, or conversation so i think there are a lot of options there and and people also don't need to wait until they're in that downward spiral no. to to start yeah. seeking, seeking help and especially with resilience is it's not always that easy to build it especially if you're coming from a a background where you don't particularly have a high level of, of EQ or you don't have a high level of, of self-awareness. I think, mm-hmm. you know, getting mm-hmm. getting yourself involved in a coaching relationship will really, really mm-hmm. help you build those skills a lot quicker than mm-hmm. trying to go it alone. And I, I would really encourage that. Now, Eva, mm-hmm. you also coach in this realm, and I know people can can reach out directly to you through the through the platform. Yes. Uh, we have got your details listed. That would be great. But we're also really looking forward to the webinar session with you that's coming up. And I think in there we'll we'll get to delve into resilience a lot deeper and and give our audience also an opportunity to ask the questions that they questions. have around resilience. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that that really is the asking of questions and 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 having a conversation will be very powerful. Absolutely. So I really want to thank you for your time today, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, looking thank forward you, to interacting with you again in future. Thanks, Eva. Thanks so much, Karen.